And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, Sports Talk Worth a Million, and I'm your host, Owen Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Well, I think I can officially say it now that the Mets season is over, is that while this has been a fun and exciting season in Queens, this has been a failure. For those of you just joining this show, I've made it clear over the past year that I have not been the biggest fan of the Brody Van Wagenen move by the New York Mets front office. And I wanted to address this today because I keep hearing the same thing from the media, saying, well, this was a successful Mets year, they were competitive, they were in the hunt for a wild card. But when you really look at the whole picture, this season was a failure. Don't forget, what did Brody Van Wagenen say on the radio and what did he say in his first press conference? Come get us. And he also said on WFAN Sports Radio that if they didn't make the playoffs of this season, was a failure. And it was. Because the moves the Mets made in the offseason weren't to be competitive in the regular season, they were to get into the postseason. Anything short of the postseason was going to be a failure, and it was. But now the scary thing for the Mets is their division's pretty darn good. The Braves are really good. The Nationals are really good. And even the Phillies, they're pretty good. So moving forward, the Mets, it's not looking too pretty. And I keep hearing this, well, Brody did a great job. This team was competitive this year. But what were the best parts of this Mets season? They weren't Brody's moves. Jeff McNeil wasn't Brody's move. Pete Alonzo, they did bring him up, but that wasn't a player he brought in. Jacob deGrom, he extended him, but that's his job. He was already on the roster. When I look at the Mets team, I keep hearing people saying, well, he brought Wilson Ramos, who was a good hitter, but he wasn't a good defensive catcher. And he got to the point where starters on this team didn't want to pitch to him, and it became a big story. The best move he made was the trade for J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis is a player I really like. I think he's a versatile player. He can be an everyday player or at least a very nice rotational player. That was a very good move. I will give praise where praise is due. But there have been more bad moves, and I'll get to the elephant in the room. But Jed Lowry, the Mets spent all that money on him, And he was injured the entire season and basically came up for a few pinch hit at bats late in the season and didn't even get a base hit with the Mets this year. Then the next phase was for the Mets to build their bullpen. They signed Jairus Familia back. He had an ERA of six. This bullpen was historically bad in June. And even though it did get better, primarily because of Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson down the stretch, By no means was this a competent bullpen and a bullpen that you felt confident going into. So for all the moves Brody talks about, the big move, of course, was the disaster which is quickly becoming the worst trade in franchise history for Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. I'm going to start off with Cano. When they made this move back in the offseason, I went on my podcast, Rich Sports Talk, and I said this. I said, when you are training for Robinson Cano, you are hoping to get three great years out of him. At this point in his career with that five-year contract, I said, look, you would want two and a half, probably three 
really good offensive years from him. Will the defense struggle? Yes. Will he not be the same player he was at 30? Obviously. But are you expecting a guy that can hit 25 to 30, hit 85 to 90 RBIs, and be a 280 hitter? That's reasonable expectations. But man, Robinson Cano couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay on the field, didn't hustle when he was on the field, was a terrible defender. And by the way, the Mets now have this contract for four more years. We talked about coming into last offseason, the albatross of the Jay Bruce contract. Well, the Mets got rid of it and just took on another contract that's longer. Because no one's going to take Robinson Cano. Absolutely no one. But then the Mets were sold that, well, wait, the real steal of the deal was Edwin Diaz. I mean, he was an all-star closer. He gave up 15 home runs and had an ERA of over 7 in the ninth inning as a closer. It is clear. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's the ball because the sliders have been affected in baseball this year because of the grip that they've changed. But something is wrong with Edwin Diaz. Could he go to another place and be successful? Absolutely. But they have to rebuild him from the ground up. But the problem is, when you're trading for a 50-save closer, you're expecting a 50-save closer. And the Mets got nowhere near that. They did not. And what did the Mets give up? Anthony Swarzak, who became a good reliever. Jay Bruce, who had a very good season. But then the Mariners flipped him for even more prospects when they traded him to the Phillies. But even though the entire world of baseball knew, knew the Mariners were trying to dump that albatross of a contract, the Mets gave up their two top prospects to get him. They gave up their two top prospects, including Jared Kelnick, who was the sixth overall pick in the 2018 draft. And just to add more salt to the wound, he was the Mariners minor league player of the year. And despite being under 20, has already risen to the double A ranks and has 23 home runs in the minor leagues. If you're a Met fan at this point, you're just hoping he's a good player. You're hoping he's like a Michael Conforto kind of player, maybe a one-time All-Star. But if he is trending upwards and a lot of scouts think he could be a perennial All-Star, this could be, without question, the worst trade in Mets history. And they've traded Nolan Ryan and Tom Seaver, so that should tell you everything you need to know. And it's not just that they traded these great young prospects. They traded these great young prospects and wiped out their system to go for it this year, and they didn't get there. And now moving forward, there's a butt in the bullpen, and there's a butt in the infield. Because the sad thing is, Brody Van Wagenen just could have let his roster sit. If he didn't make that move, he could have played Jeff McNeil at second base and found out, oh, I have a better second baseman who costs a fraction of the price with Jeff McNeil. He could have found out, then maybe he had a different closer. Now, look, this bullpen was still going to be terrible, but it wouldn't have been as historically bad as it probably was. So for the Mets, I look at this season, and it's a disaster. And I give this front office a lot of credit because they did have a very good draft. I do think they had a very good draft. They got some good young pitchers in. But I put that more on the scouting department because this scouting department that was still there from the last regime it's very good I mean I'll say this about the Mets drafting their prospects you look in terms of how they're ranked they've actually turned out to be fairly good at being Pete Alonzo was great Jeff McNeil was great 
I mean, they've been doing a pretty good job at finding talent. So Brody, though, is more in charge of the major league team and getting the transactions and building the team in the major league roster. And for that, he has been a failure because the bullpen was horrible. They didn't address the bullpen when they really needed to. And the one saving grace a lot of people are saying is, well, wait, he got Marcus Stroman in the middle of the year. And look, Stroman was good for the Mets. He wasn't the ace we thought he could be, but he was still very good. But you just hope Anthony Kay doesn't become something. I do think Anthony Kay is probably going to be what Steven Matz is. And three or four rotation guy maybe gets 12 wins a year. But he's a guy that they also could have had under control for the next couple of years as opposed to Stroman, who they only have control for a limited time. Now, moving into this offseason, even though I know it's not a popular idea, but if a team like Colorado or San Diego decides to give the Mets a ton of prospects for Noah Syndergaard, I'd make that trade to rebuild the system. I would absolutely do it. Because you have DeGrom, but you also have to bring back Wheeler. But you're looking at this team right now, what's the rotation next year? Is Syndergaard going to be back? Is Wheeler going to be back? What's the bullpen look like? But more importantly... What do you do with Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano? Because there's not a great solution. I mean, Robinson Cano is your everyday second baseman. Okay. Where are you putting Jeff McNeil? Are you putting him at third base? Okay. Moving around J.D. Davis? Okay, that's fine. What are you going to do in the outfield? Is Nemo your center fielder? Is Lagares your center fielder? Are you keeping Conforto? What are you going to do with Dom Smith? I mean, they have a lot of questions on this roster, and to be honest, I don't really trust Brody to get the job done. I mean, I do give them credit for getting Stroman to give the Mets some backup in case they do trade Syndergaard, which I do think they will do this offseason. I don't think there's any question of that because I do think that Syndergaard, to them, feels like he's underperformed. And even though he didn't finish the season strong, I think he had a good enough season and enough starts that teams are still going to look at him as a front-end star. And for the Mets, I think they're going to look at and say, look, we paid DeGrom. We're not going to pay Syndergaard, and Syndergaard was a headache this year. I mean, Syndergaard, you heard all these stories coming out about him not wanting to pitch to certain catchers, and I get DeGrom has done it too, but the difference is DeGrom's going to win his second Cy Young award. Syndergaard wasn't even near the discussion. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but for everyone saying that this was a successful Mets year, no, it wasn't, because this was a year where they were shooting for the playoffs or bust. And I give this team a lot of credit. I give them a lot of heart. I give the guys on the field a lot of credit for how they came back. They overcame adversity and had that great streak in the second half. But this is the one thing the Mets cannot do is get complacent. They can't go into next season saying, hey, you know, we finished that season pretty well. You know, we're a pretty good team. And guess what? We might get you on a Cespedes back. I mean, we're fine. We don't need to adjust anything. Edwin Diaz will find his form. And, oh, Robinson Cano will find the fountain of youth again. And we'll be fine. You can't think like that. This team has to get better, especially in the bullpen and defensively. I mean, they can't be complacent. That's my biggest fear with this team is they're going to be complacent. And then the excuse would be, well, we'd want to make moves. But the problem is we got that Robinson Cano contract. And it's kind of eating up a major part of our payroll so sorry but we can't really make any moves because of it so oh well you know we still got a good team and they do but you got to worry about are they going to improve this team because here's the other thing 
Washington, I don't think, is going to be complacent. I think they're going to keep adding, and they're a good team. The Atlanta Braves are a great team with a great young nucleus. That's only going to get better. And Philadelphia, I mean, they were in the hunt too. I mean, for as great as the Mets season was, the Phillies were right on their heels. There's not much degree of separation between those two teams. So you look at this National League East, it's going to be highly competitive. So the Mets cannot be complacent. And this is going to be a huge offseason. Because I don't trust Brody, but this is the offseason he has to make it work. Because he's already struck out in the first offseason. The Robinson Cano deal and Edwin Diaz deal was an absolute disaster. But now he has a chance to make it right. They had a good draft. Their system isn't great, but it's decent. They don't have any top blue chip prospects at the moment, but you hope they can develop some in the next year or two. But the big thing is, what players are you going to help supplement this roster? What moves are you going to do to help improve this farm system by potentially training Syndergaard? This is a big offseason. But the key for the Mets is to be smart and not be complacent. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Remember, you can like, subscribe, wherever podcasts are available, such as at iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Spreaker. We're available on social media using the handle at Rich Sports Talk on any social media platform. And, of course, you can email the show, richsportstalk at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and this is Rich Sports Talk.